2020 had a way of changing what everyone thought was essential. Our carefree consumption pivoted to scrabbling over the most basic of amenities. Toilet paper and loaves of bread took the status of luxury items. Many former workaholics found themselves with a wealth of unstructured time as capitalism grinded to a halt. Schools and daycares closed. In this new COVID-19 world, we reorganized the fundamental aspects of our lives. For many of us, what we needed became more bare bones, one more day with a healthy family, food on the table, a warm home. But just when the basics were deemed essential, Joe Balistrieri wanted to make a case for something else. Beauty. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. Joe is the coordinator of music ministries for the Archdiocese of Detroit and the director of music at the Cathedral of the Most Blessed Sacrament. He manages five choirs ranging from eight to 50 singers. He coordinates and directs the music for three masses each weekend and hosts 10 concerts each year and in his scant free time, he serves as a counselor and coordinator for parish musicians throughout Metro Detroit with the hopes of elevating the quality of music for the entire diocese. Joe is the perfect person for this job. He's vivacious yet composed. His directions are emphatic yet succinct and measured. He's very expressive. He can talk at length about the nuances of the Renaissance and Baroque traditions like we might talk about the weather. Specifically like late Renaissance, early Baroque music. So, Joe's yeah. job is to enrich the liturgy, but he approaches this less like a job and more like a vocation. While from time to time his work may have him steeped in the earthly minutiae of emails or church budgets, he has a near celestial scope. His guiding principle is perhaps best summarized in his favorite quote from Fyodor Dostoevsky's The Idiot, Beauty will save the world. This is Joe. So much art has come from from our cathedrals over the centuries that it's important that we continue to carry on that mantle in the 21st century. And beauty is the ultimate path to evangelization in this time when there's so much hostility to uh, Christian apologetics, to the preaching of the faith. But in March, as the number of cases of COVID-19 grew in Michigan, Governor Whitmer declared a state of emergency. Public gatherings and events were restricted, and on March 13th, public masses were suspended to mitigate the spread of the virus. The Archdiocese of Detroit would broadcast a live-streamed mass celebrated by Archbishop Vigneron online. When the razor of essentialism started towards personnel for the live-streamed mass, Joe and the Archdiocesan staff had strong opinions. Music is essential to the liturgy in all churches. Lucky for Joe, the church has always had an otherworldly sense of priorities. When the live stream started, the archbishop and and the priest secretary, Father Grau, and the different leaders really thought it was important for the stream to be of the highest quality because um, there was no other stream in the diocese. There was no other liturgy happening in the diocese during that time. So to make it as as beautiful as possible. There were decisions made about what vestments will be used, what's the preaching going to be like, uh, will there be incense for certain liturgies, but it was deemed by our leadership very important to have the best quality music we could. Um, just to give people a sense of familiarity, 
you know, it, it would be tough if we we're not having mass anywhere in the diocese and everyone's encouraged to tune into one place for that to be a mass that isn't familiar because there's no music on a Sunday, especially in the Lent and Easter season. So when we, when we talk about music being essential, that was a pretty clear message from our leadership that music is an essential part of the liturgy, an essential part of making it beautiful. So that decision was basically a, a grace to the faithful to say, you know, we're, we're going to do the best we can under our, con- our constrictions that we have to try to give you an experience that's beautiful and normal and fulfilling. Mass would be limited to 10 people. A typical Mass at the cathedral would have a couple priests presiding, several altar servers, a choir, accompaniment, an organist, cantor, and of course the congregation. The live-streamed version of Mass at the cathedral was going to be a skeletal version of the real thing. Instead of 26 musicians, Joe would get four. To stick to the numbers without compromising on quality, he would have to get strategic. But his strategy was unknowingly the answer to an eight-year-long struggle to form an elite choir. For a number of years now, I'd say probably a solid seven or eight years, Archbishop Vidrion has thrown around the idea of the Archdiocese having a Schola Cantorum of some sort. It's okay. I didn't know what that was either. Schola Cantorum is Latin for school of singing. So literally what it is, is it's either a specialized choir So professional vocalists, professional singers at the highest level working together as a choir, or it's a group of singing teachers or composers uh, or musicians who somehow are are doing work related to song. Um, Schola Cantorum, because the term is Latin and Latin is the uh, official language of the church, tends to be associated with Roman Catholic worship. So these tend to be small choirs. Uh, often Roman Catholic, sometimes Protestant, uh, that focus on sacred music at the very highest professional level. So for eight years, Joe had been trying to put together this Schola Cantorum for the Archdiocese. My first idea was maybe having a group of music directors get together on Sunday nights. Uh, we could bring our, our favorite pieces and kind of do a show and tell and conduct each other and talk about the spiritual meaning and the musical nuances of each piece. Uh, and it just never worked out. And I had different ideas of pulling volunteers from the diocese choir, but getting volunteers to come together on the schedule didn't work right. It was only when the pandemic hit that the clear path of how this would work came into focus. At the time, we had six professional singers at the cathedral uh, who supported Sunday worship and the archbishop's liturgies. So I took four of those singers and we started changing the repertoire and doing music that was better for small voices. So a lot of music from the Renaissance, a lot of chant, uh, a lot of music without accompaniment because the organ would overwhelm the voices. And we started to make music for Sunday Mass with just that little group. I never would have thought that an opportunity like this would have arised. This is Eric Taylor, a member of the Schola Cantorum and director of the Detroit Children's Choir. Never have I thought that my work as a musician would be so important during uh, this pandemic. You know, there are many choir programs, there are many music programs, you know, just by the nature of all of us being together, they're not able to come together because of this pandemic. So 
what we're doing is, you know, so paramount in our community because, you know, we're, we're still providing that, that beautiful choral music making that we're providing that, that sense of, you know, they say mass is where heaven meets earth. You know, St. John Paul II said that. When the first mass was live streamed from the cathedral on March 15th, expectations from Joe and the choir were wary. Could heaven meet earth in a digital setting? These were the same devices with which people had been binging Tiger King and TikToking. Would people even watch? Or would people opt out of mass until they could resume in person? In order to try to uh, mitigate the advance of the coronavirus, that uh, we are not able to have the public celebration of the sacred liturgy today. But it is for us a blessing at least to be united in prayer through this medium. And so I assure all of you that I bring your intentions with me uh, to the altar. But the response was overwhelming. Over 33,000 people tuned in. Families and roommates in Detroit and beyond huddled around desktops. Tiny home altars were made with candles, prayer cards, and flowers. COVID patients fighting for their lives watched on laptops. Worn-out first responders watched on cell phones from the hospital. And for once, rather than grave reminders with each news cycle of the trauma happening, what poured into their homes was absolutely beautiful. It meant a lot to us. This is Donna Abdu. She and her husband are St. Paul on the Lake parishioners in Gross Point. We were able to put it up on the big screen TV in our room. We, you know, it was a quiet place. We could make it a holy place for the purposes of attending this mass. We were engrossed in both the mass, the music, everything that was happening. It was just us and the mass, and we were really appreciative of it. For Joe, this fell right into the mission of the group. The mission of the Schola Cantorum Detroitensis is to advance the excellence in sacred singing uh, at the cathedral and at the archdiocese. It has to be a model of beauty. It has to be kind of like a shining star that shows people what's possible. And that really, you know, to use a really colloquial term, kind of blows people's minds open about what's possible in terms of beauty. It also, as many cathedrals do, a uh, cathedral has a civic purpose beyond its religious purposes, which is to be a beacon of beauty and of, of hope. The reception was so warm, the scola became a permanent fixture in the archdiocese's live-streamed masses. Oftentimes at communion, they would do um, a piece that was designed to be a cappella and that maybe came from... Um, the Middle Ages or whatever, and it was stunning and inspirational. And it just really enhanced the liturgy. When they all got together on the altar to sing the Alleluia, it was just lovely. And Alleluia should sound like that. They should sound like we're lifting our voices to heaven. And when they, when they all stood there, the four or five of them, you know, multi-parts, it was just inspirational. So even though we can't be together, we can be together in spirit. Music's greatest power is its power of unity. When, when we feel united, we know we can get through things and we know we can do things together. I will give thanks to your name because of your kindness and your truth. This is Eric singing. When I called 
you answered me. I've always found that in times of such great distress and times of great uncertainty, there are those things that we look towards that really focus on, you know, the positive in the world. In, in the hopefulness in the world. Like in this pandemic has really been a very chaotic time. No one has really experienced anything like this in our lifetime, you know, to go from working and going to school and, you know, living that, you know, normal life to being stuck at home waiting for this pandemic to pass. It can be very uncertain. It can be very dark. But music has the power really to bring such hope in uh, that light in the darkness, you know, to be able to um, share a love of music, whether it's, you know, singing or conducting or playing the organ or uh, singing in a choir, that experience of being able to share that gift with others really keeps, you know, me as a musician, it keeps me grounded and it keeps me, you know, aware, like it gives you things to look forward to in, in, a, in a time of such uncertainty. In his 1999 letter to artists, Pope John Paul II wrote some especially prescient words for this time. Society needs artists just as it needs scientists, technicians, workers, professional people, witnesses of the faith, teachers, fathers, and mothers, to be custodians of beauty, heralds, and witnesses of hope for humanity. 2020 was a year where we found ourselves needing a lot of things that we had previously taken for granted, and there's a long list of things we find ourselves longing for. But probably what is the most profoundly felt is also the most difficult to articulate. 2020 was a year we needed hope for humanity. And I think Joe gets this more than most. I guess my greatest hope is that people watching the live streams got a sense of the importance of beauty in the liturgy. Uh, for decades now, we've really been focused as a church on participation and getting everybody participating, which is very, very important. It's the center of what we do in liturgy. So at the church, that Mass is beautiful, that Mass lifts hearts and, and minds outside of the mundane, outside of you know the everyday in the world, and brings them to a contemplative experience of beauty, because you know God can be found in that. My main goal, to put it in a, in a shorter little summary, I'd say, is that minds were opened and that hearts are cracked. Minds open to new ways of sharing beauty and new ways of participation. And then hearts open to the cracking of stoniness so that the Holy Spirit can break in and inspire them with beauty. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.